How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Welcome, everyone, back to the TRM Podcast Show with my partner in crime, down south herself, Miss Chief Mentor. How's it going, Jamie? Hey, guys. I just feel like I should always start off. <laughs> it's going well, Matt. It's go- Everything is great in Florida. How are you? I am doing great up here in Canada. It is a great day. My neighbor, actually, but my neighbor over here in Ontario, her name is Alex. You might know her, one of our TRM leaders. And... She is on our wonderful podcast today, Miss Alex over there. Alex, how are you, Alex? It's great to have you on here. You have quite the history, though, with vulnerability and fitness and growing your business and working with emotions and everything else in between. list goes on and just doing all kinds of cool stuff. So, Alex, good to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm doing so great. I'm so excited to be on here with you guys, as always. So, thanks so much for having me. I love it. I love it. So, Jamie... It's kind of going, obviously, Jamie, you know, obviously, you know, Alex for a while, actually introduced me to Alex, actually, a couple of years back, back in the day. And I guess you probably know her better, even better than I do. So do you want to kind of start things off with, with Alex going to get this ball rolling? Uh, so it's so funny, Matt, I was actually going to ask you, I think it would be great for you to talk Alex up in a, in a way of like, you tell the audience what it is about her that makes her so awesome that you chose her to be a TRM leader. I think that oh. would be really context as to why Alex is on this podcast today. Oh my goodness. That is so, this is why Jamie's, this is why Jamie's so good, Alex. Okay. So first off, Alex brings a whole different dimension into business, into TRM that none of us actually have. And it's aspect of vulnerability is something I believe is very important when it comes to growing your business. Obviously, we, we, you know, the show is always tabled with that tactical angle of like vulnerability, but you know, we're so almost driven by, you know, money, performance, you know, getting things always done all the time, our planet, all that kind of jab, which actually is very important. But then Alex comes in and she's been so important in TRM because she kind of angles in authenticity and the importance of being you and being a human and being, it's okay to be just you who you are, but being that best version of you. And it's okay to share the truth and your honesty, all those kind of things. So kind of opening up your heart to just a real open heart on the kind of person obviously you are as a human being. And Alex does an amazing job in TRM of doing that, but also with her own company, as she grows and helps people all over the world with her own business model. So always, that's kind of a new element I think is very important in business that is forgotten, almost comes across as fluffiness or maybe like, you know, soft, but actually it's very much a, um, not a hard approach, but almost like a soft, strong, hard mish or mash of balance that mixes nice with things. So it's obviously kind of it's good to have you on the show, Alex. Awesome to have you on here. And the topic I think is one that's kind of cool to go into. So I'm excited about it. I'm so excited. This is my jam. Let's do it. So I guess a good place to start, Alex, is your your tagline, if I recall, and totally correct me if I'm wrong, is essentially fitness for empaths, right? How did we get there? Such a great question. So it's it's definitely changed and morphed a little bit over the last few months in particular. Um, but it started with a major mental health journey for me. So over the course of the pandemic, but really the last three years, I have been in weekly therapy. Um, and 
recognize that I had some past patterns from my childhood that like I thought were a fundamental part of my personality. Like I was like, oh, I just really like taking care of people. Like I just, oh, I, I am a perfectionist. Like I just really care about my craft. And through therapy and digging deeper into who I really am, um, I learned that those are all conditioned patterns. Those are not who we are as people. That's not a part of your personality, but are actually ways we just like learn. We we learn to be as children and we just take that with us mindlessly as adults. So what I kind of like identified with was being like highly empathetic. And the term that kept coming up in both research and in therapy was like, oh, I am an empath. Like I'm someone who deeply empathizes with other people. Now, what I've actually learned is like, yes, people are highly empathetic, but empathetic people are traumatized people you learn deep empathy from learning to take care of other people before your own needs and that's not from like necessarily big traumatizing situations but little things your parents teaching you to always take care of other people before yourself that's like a part of where that comes from so my my business and where this came in was i realized i was one of those people someone who has always put other people before myself and i was like well there must be other people like this. This is this is in research. This is well known. So the more I kind of kept going on my own personal growth journey, learned more in therapy, did my own research and my own background in psych, I was like, what if there were a fitness platform for empaths? What if there were a fitness place for people who are overcoming perfectionism and people pleasing and deep rooted anxiety and this desire and have this deep rooted desire to take care of themselves, but not feel like that's selfish or bad. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I got there. And now it's morphing a little bit again, but We'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> no, because that's what that was going to be the big question that I dove into. Because you mentioned in the last couple of months, there's already been a shift. And when I said, you know, I bet you, I bet your strength in the Gallup Finders was empathy. You're like, it's actually not. So when did that shift occur for you that you went from being in the well with your clients to helping your clients from, I guess, like a sympathy point of view versus empathy, but also empowering them from you being outside the well. What a great question. I love that. Um, yeah, no, I really appreciate that. So I'd say it's, it's still from a place of empathy. And a, you bring up a really good point, which is like this difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, and empathy is like a deep-rooted understanding of like, oh, I can, I can imagine what that might be like for you. I don't have any idea because we all have our own experiences, but this place of like, I can imagine what that might be like for you and and kind of put myself in your shoes and, and feel things from your perspective versus like, Ooh, that that's so hard for you, this kind of detached place. Um, and so I still very much approach things from an empathetic perspective, but the tipping point for me was realizing that like empathy is neither good nor bad. It's just a trait. Um, that like we all, it's a skill we can all develop. Um, and I've kind of shifted my perspective from like, I am an empath and it being this identifying thing to like empathy is a skill that I have, but it's not actually like a deep rooted part of like my identity. It's just a skill I happen to have. So my Gallup strength, my Gallup strengths, so funny, are, I always have my list here, so I just don't forget them. Um, learner, input, ideation, relator, and command. And empathy is like my 14th. Um, all of my actual strengths up front are almost exclusively about learning, putting ideas together and building relationships with people, um, which like you can hear how that builds into empathy. But what I'm actually really good at doing and what I love to my core is like learning to do things differently and putting unique ideas together that don't necessarily um, 
meet the norm, <laughs> to say the least. I love that. I love that. I think one thing that I, if I could ask you, Alex, is you went through, I would say a pretty challenging year, you know, of like where you were, you're where you are right now. And I was like, I'm so impressed by how well you overcame everything came out on top and like how much you learn in that process. Learning obviously is one of your top strengths, by the way, it's kind of cool. But with that being said, what was sort of that element that allowed you to get through that challenge a year ago to where you are right now? Like what were the things you were doing in that time frame to get you where you are right now? Oh, 100%. I'm going to make this as succinct as possible because this is like, it's been a weird year. Um, but almost a year ago to the day, my ex-fiance and I brought, bought a house together just north of the city in Barrie. Um, and a month after we moved into the house, my fiance left me for my longest term client and one of my best friends out of nowhere. <laughs> and at that point, I'd been in therapy for um, for a year and a half-ish, give or take. And I'd gone through some pretty like deep personal stuff with my parents in the year before that. And the best way I could describe it is like when that happened, something in me that used to be the like, oh God, this must be my fault. Like I've done something wrong. H how can I fix this? Something in me snapped and was like, oh, this is what I've been practicing for. Like this is that moment of like, I don't deserve this. This isn't about me. Like like she's going through something else that's not actually about me here. And it's what is my fault is if I decide to like stay in this toxic situation or not. So I have to go like, and it was this turning point of like packing the boxes and buying a car in a day and moving back to the city that I was like, Oh wow. Like this is whatever this is, is working. Therapy is working. Like I, I, I am taking care of myself and actually choosing to like make sure my needs are met. That's not something we do as humans. Like we talk about acting from a place of service, but I'm like, put on your like flight mask before someone else's. You have to fill your own cup before you can pour into someone else's or you will burn out or you will crash and die. Like I'm dead serious. Like and it, it might not be, that sounds really dramatic, but like you will notice physical symptoms, that deep feeling of like something's not right here will always linger over your head unless you actually address it. So moved back to the city um, and literally have been like living in my own like pandemic cube for the last year. Like it's just been me. Um, kept doing therapy, like weekly therapy for the next nine months and learned a lot about myself, revamped my business entirely but spent a lot of time just with myself being like, who the fuck am I? Like, what do I want? What do I want? What are my values? What is actually important to me? Not because someone else told me it was important to me, not because someone else told me that I should do something or I'm really good at something, not for external validation, but simply just like, what do I want to do because I want to do it, period. <laughs> uh, and so my business is entirely created around like what is important to me and, and what I stand for. It's a complete reflection of my own beliefs and um, what's like also what works for me. Like it's not just for other people. It's, it's literally like it has to work for me too. What exactly do you do to kind of keep yourself in that frame of mind? Like exactly like what's your, what's kind of your morning or like, or like your day, like what's, what's things you're doing as, as far as tactics are concerned. 
oh man, I thought you were literally going to be like, what exactly do you? I'm like, I'm a coach. That's what I thought. <laughs> there was like a dramatic pause. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I was like, what do you do exactly as a coach? But I was like, man, that's a philosophical, like metaphysical question. Let's think that. No, um, I wake up between 4.40 and 5 every day uh, because my first client is either at, I have clients Tuesday, Thursday in the morning at 5.45 and I have classes the other days at 6 a.m. Um, so I'm either with a client or class first thing in the morning. Um, wake up. I have like a 15 minute, almost to the minute routine in the bathroom. That's just like, I just have down to a fine art. Uh, I make my coffee, I meditate or I journal. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And I do that. And then I just have some downtime for me and my classes though, like I think a lot of people think like, okay, and then I have my first client and like, that's the end of the story. And I'm like, mm -hmm. my class is my community. Like it, it's, it's, um, the only way I can describe, like, this is really what I do. I think is I get on a screen, but I like my clients and I and my community are all like, so how is everyone doing? Like, where are you at? And we do like a, we make it a thumbs up, thumbs down thing where you just do like a sliding scale of where you're at, but it allows everyone to just be themselves and not be like, Hey team, like we're all good. Let's go. We're working out. Cause some people are not there. Like you're just fucking not at 6am on a Monday. You're like probably not great by default, in fact. So we, we kind of assess where everyone's at and then we hold space is the term I use for one another while we do some hard physical things. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's like a, like a, a becoming is the, again, a term that comes to mind for me where everyone can be themselves wherever they're at, whatever they're going through in their lives, you are yourself and you are choosing to uh, like work on healing yourself that out of way, in a way that works for you. So that does not mean like losing weight, looking a certain way, whatever. Those are all super superficial in, in my world. It's like, I'm going through a divorce and this is the way that I allow myself to express those feelings right now because I have kids and so I can't express those feelings with them. I don't know how to do that just yet or people who are learning how to set boundaries and they practice with me. So I will intentionally give them a workout program that's like just a little bit too much for where they're at and I know that. And I then say to them, I'm like, this is too much for you. I want you to tell me where it's too much and why and you're gonna change it. And so it's then their job to go, no, which is so hard for people to say. People don't like, like it's hard to say no to people. You feel like you're letting someone down. So my clients go, no, I'm not doing that movement. That doesn't feel right for me. I want to change that. I want to change that squat to lunges. And I go, awesome. And then I just validate them for making that choice and, and coach them, like teach them how to move, but they make it their own, which is very different. That's advice for, that's good advice for me, actually. I should be saying, I think no a little more often. <laughs> no, I'm just bugging you. <laughs> no, seriously though. Like real talk. Yeah. Real talk. Like, do you want to get real, really real about that? I don't know. Where well, you if you want to get real, really, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like Matt, you and I have had conversations about this and I think we're very similar where, and Jamie, like the three of us, in fact, yeah, all three of us. we have been raised in with backgrounds and the very little, I know both of your backstories, but Matthew, like you were raised in a really hard family environment when I'm not, that's your story to unpack. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk yeah. about that, but you've basically been raised with this, like, I have to prove myself to be good enough. If mm -hmm. I'm not successful and make X amount of money, I am not good enough. So I have to do that to be good. Why aren't you good enough without that? 
you are. Who you are, no matter how much money you make, is awesome and amazing mm -hmm. and perfect exactly as you are. And Jamie has like just an unbelievable backstory that I'm so grateful she shared with the team because it's just like so powerful and mind blowing. And like Jamie lives up to like her dad's legacy and goes like my motivation every single day is like I, my dad, I live in my dad's like story. I want to make him proud. And like that like is heartbreaking for me to hear, but it's also like, if that motivates Jamie, awesome. But if she could never accomplish that, her dad's not here, would she still feel happy with who she is at the end of the day? That's the like real tea. So what the no means is on the days where I don't make 10K, on the days where I don't feel like I've lived up to my dad's expectations, am I still enough? Yes. And what's going to get you there? How do you get there? Because most of us, like our knee-jerk reaction is like, yeah, no, totally, I'm good. But are you really? Because so many of us pretend that we are. We go like, yeah, no, I'm awesome. But we actually feel deep-rooted anxiety and low self-worth and low self-esteem. We're always trying to get leaner, make more money, have more, do more. And I'm like, if you were stuck this way for the rest of your life, would you love yourself? Would you be happy? And most people are like, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's the note. Amazing. Now, what do we do about that? And, and it's, it's heavy shit for fitness, but it's real because fitness is so hard. Like it's a way you can actually practice getting into the nitty gritty and um, not make it comfortable because it's not, but mm -hmm. approach it in a way that's a little bit more friendly than like, let's unpack your trauma at 6am. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that is why you're a leader in TRM, Alex. <laughs> Jamie's like, what's the reason? This is the reason. <laughs> that's, it. that's one of many, but yes. Um, so I do have a question, Alex, because you brought up essentially how you approach your business, what the structure looks like. And you brought up something on last Friday's platinum call that I did not know. And it was essentially that you've, to an extent, stopped checking in on your clients, uh, which goes with your theme of I meet you where you are. If you have no interest in telling me how you're doing, I have no interest in asking because I don't want you to feel that pressure or that stress. Um, so that's one. Okay. I just put a ton of words in your mouth. I apologize. But that is one tactic where you've used their vulnerability as part of a really great business model. What other, uh, I guess, not, I, I feel like tactic, I don't know, tactic sounds weird, but like what other implements have you used? vulnerability as part of your current business model. Mm. I love that. Again, amazing question, Jamie. Thank you. And tactics, a great word or like strategy. Like I love that. Strategy, yeah. uh, vulnerability shows up in every single thing I do in the business and I can like break it down for you guys. So it starts with me because ultimately we are our business, right? What we created it. It's under, it's our vision. So it starts with me. And what I mean by that is regardless of where my clients are at, I never give my clients what I actually can't handle giving. So mm -hmm. if I can cannot check in with them that day because I'm going through my own shit. I never do. Instead, I drop them an email and or I'm like, and it's not necessarily a check-in, whatever it is. It's a DM. Hey, so sorry. Got your message. I can't respond to this right now. I'm going through some stuff, but like, I will get back to you when I can. And that, like, that is a way of saying no without overexerting myself. So in terms of my own self-care, vulnerability shows up there. Um, it shows up in my sales calls. I don't call them sales calls, but that's just linguistics. Who cares? So my like sales calls, connection calls with clients, um, how I engage with people on social media, uh, my client relationships. And I'll, I can dive deeper into these, but like how I talk to people in class, my gym 
programming, like my client programming, my team, how I talk mm. to my staff, how we problem solve and give each other feedback, uh, my systems. So Jamie brought up a really great example, which is like a simple system of how do you check in with your clients? And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> because it, it, why build the system if it's not actually in line with how you are as a person? Mm -hmm. So like, uh, I think of Tammy, who's amazing in the group. And Tammy checks in with all her clients every day. And I'm like, does that work for you? Because that sounds exhausting to me. But if she wants to, amazing. Like, it's all about what works for you. She's like, no, actually, I'm kind of burnt out. I'm like, okay, there it is. So how do we change that? And for me, I don't check in outside of my thumbs up, thumbs down because that is the level of energy I have to give and it works really well for my group. And then they don't feel like I'm berating them and we're all responsible for ourselves. That's uh, one example. Another are my, um, my coaches, my coaches set their own rates. My coaches are responsible for their own programming. I do not micromanage them. We deliver feedback to each other really directly. It's uncomfortable for people to watch it because it looks really robotic, but it's very clear. So say like, Matt and I have beef with each other. <laughs> like say something happens, like we don't know, like we're humans. And uh, Matt doesn't feel good about something I said. So Matt goes to Jamie and Matt goes, I, I just like don't feel great about like, did you hear what that thing Alex said to me? I just like didn't like that. Now Jamie is like, you guys have formed a team, whether you know it or not, that I don't know about. So instead of Matt just going, Hey, Alex, I actually, can we circle back to that thing you said about this? Like, it didn't sit well with me and I don't know why. And I go, oh, yeah, no problem. Like, for sure. Can you, like, tell me a little bit more about what hurt your feelings? And you go, oh, I don't know. But let me give that some thought and I'll get back to you. Now, we've had dialogue that's, like, no heat, no emotion. And we can come back to it and be like, hey, this hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm so sorry I hurt my feelings. That was not my intention. How can I deliver that better next time? Matt goes, oh, thank you for asking. Actually, I prefer a compliment sandwich approach. So instead of giving me hard feedback, can you say something nice to me, then tell me the feedback, then say something nice again, because I like that. I go, awesome, totally, no problem. Now we have no conflict. We've spoken directly. No one's on anyone else's team because that breaks down organizations. People lose staff over that. People lose clients over that. People like lose relationships over that shit. And that boils down to how willing are you to be vulnerable with the person who hurt your feelings and say, A, you hurt my feelings. And for the other person to not deflect, not to blame, just to go, oh, this isn't actually about me. Their feelings are hurt. How can I res help resolve this? That's it. People make shit personal when it doesn't need to be. And that, that involves vulnerability, which people don't think about. God, that was a long-winded answer, but I hope that I can dig into each of those areas if you're interested, but it shows up everywhere. That's really good. I like <laughs> that. That's really good. So if we can give, give an example, actually give an example on that for one second. So for example, let's say you have a client um, who's, you know, whatever, obviously more, more from your angle as well, Alex, and your angle, how would you, would you more so, would you more so like have a, have a converse with that person? What exactly, like kind of give some tangible steps you actually do in that conversation to kind of give them some examples if you could. For sure. With a client or with like a team member? Client. Awesome. So I've um, turned away a client. I've turned away many clients before. And that's the biggest conflict I run into is when someone's not a good fit for me. Uh, and I want to talk about what that looks like because that can also be like a make or break to a lot of people, right? So say someone reaches out to me on a DM and they're like, hey, I really want to work with you. What are your rates like? Blah, blah, blah. 
I go, hey, we'd love to talk to you, set up a call. We all do this, that first step is there. So we get on a call and uh, they're down for my rates. They are down to work with me. And I'm just getting this vibe that's like, ooh, is this a nice paycheck? Sure, but do I actually wanna work with this person? Eh. Like, this is mm. not, a, not a connection. Um, this is hard because now they're in, they want to give you money, which is so hard for people. And you are going, I don't want your money that people take personally. Cause they're like, yeah. I'm asking you. So what's your deal? So here's what I do. I go, Hey, I really appreciate that you want to work with me. Cause I do. That means I like real feelings. I really appreciate that you want to work with me. That means so much to me. I want to be honest with you that I actually don't think we're necessarily a good fit for each other. And you don't need to dig into details. If they ask, sure, you can unpack that. But I actually don't think we're a great fit for each other. Mm. Um, and that's just my feeling. I don't feel that way. So use I statements. It's not, you're not right for me. It's, I actually just, I'm not feeling like we're a good fit. Um, if anything changes, I will let you know. But I completely understand if this changes how you feel about working with me. I would love to refer to you to refer you to someone that I feel would be a better fit. Or if anything changes down the road, I will absolutely let you know. They're going to go one of two things. One, that was kind of weird, but I appreciate it. That's like, sometimes that happens. <laughs> the more often one is like, why don't you think we're a good fit? Because people get defensive and they want to know. At this point, I go, okay, well, my values are like compassion, communication, collaboration, like within a fitness group. What I prioritize is... High quality movement, sure, but we really get into like the nitty gritty of our feelings. And what I'm hearing from you is you're really interested in bodybuilding and losing weight. Now, I don't do that. That's mm. not my niche. Um, I, it doesn't go hand in hand with what I do. So if you're looking to just lose weight, no problem. Love that goal for you. That's not what I do. And if they go, well, I really want to work with you. I'm like, great. Then what I do is a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings and you will also happen to lose weight and meet your goals. But if you're going to join my team, this is how my process works. And they might go, okay, I actually kind of like that. Or like I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to work with you. Let's, let's negotiate our boundaries. And if they go, Oh, I see what, then they might go, I see what you're saying. Mm, okay. No, thank you for letting me know. I really appreciate you telling me because yeah, I don't think that's for me. And now yeah, you didn't make the sale, who cares? But you do not have a client who's gonna drain your cup every single time you work with them. You mm. don't have someone who's gonna like question your philosophy and make you change the way you do things and question your values. Now they also know that you are like a genuine human who is has a really high moral code and people like honest, real people. So they are gonna refer their mom, their sister, their brother, their cousin, their neighbor to you. Cause they're like, Oh, I remember Bob saying he's going through some trauma and like is looking to work out, but doesn't feel safe at a gym, Alex. And you get a either referrals from that or B they come back one day when they're ready. But it's like, just being honest. That's what that communication looks like. So not like making up an excuse. There's no like excuses here. It's, I don't think we're a good fit because my values aren't like yours and that's okay. This is, like a, this is almost like a two or three part series or Jamie, I think as far as vulnerability always with Alex, cause there's always so much more. There are always so many more layers for sure. <laughs> yeah. I could go off forever. This is like my life. This is my everything. I, yeah. Any questions you guys have, I'm also an open book. So no question is a bad question. And I love talking about this, especially for 
People who don't think about business this way, we think about it in terms of numbers and tangibles, and those are important. Like we have to pay our bills, but do you want to pay your bills mm -hmm. and feel like shit every day because you work with people who aren't in line with you? Do you want to wake up every day and feel exhausted, but you don't know why? Do you want to like, it's that nagging feeling of just like, something's not right. I've got to change something like eating away at you. Would you, do you want to do that and make 30 grand a month, 40 grand a month, 50, you can, I guarantee you, you'll be miserable. Or do you want to make 10, 20, eventually build it up to the same and only imagine waking up every day and only working with people that make you happy and only doing things that actually make you happy. And you're like, I fucking can't wait to coach my class. My people are amazing. Like that's the dream, right? That's the actual dream service and doing what you love in line with yourself. I heard a really great quote from Emily Hayden, who is a killer podcast. And she said, I'd have, I'd rather have a roster full of a half, a half roster of my perfect client than a full roster of anyone mm, else. That's a great analogy. That's an awesome quote. Yeah. I love that. Well, that is rounding it off on our podcast for you guys today. Jamie, any last thoughts before we head off here? I'm just, let me know when part two is. <laughs> i'm so grateful for you both like thank you so much for this i i go on tangents so <laughs> thank you for listening to my TED talk it was awesome alex thank you again jamie thank you so very much for attending once once again guys have an awesome day we'll see you guys again soon and let's keep rocking later guys bye everybody thank you